Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 5, issue 223. You can play along with Cane and Rinse volume 5. Our next five shows will be talking about the video games Jamestown, Legend of the Lost Colony. After that is Golden Axe, the original from the late 80s. Then Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, which takes a bit longer to finish than Golden Axe, if you want to get on that. Next up, we have a double game podcast with The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons because they came as a pair. They come as a pair. And after that, Ori or Ori and the Blind Forest. Head to canerince.com for articles, features, reviews, links to our forum, Facebook page, YouTube channel. And if you enjoy what we do, there are a number of ways that you can support us these days. We now have a Patreon, in case you haven't heard, uh, but it simply acts as a sort of donation jar. Uh, you can slip us a dollar, a quid or whatever a month, and uh, and that goes towards the running of things. Uh, but there's no there's no tiers or paywalls or anything like that. Everything's still free to everybody. Uh, except the t-shirts they're not free to anybody you can buy those and we get a few quid from each one there's some new designs out there now t-shirts and bags at spreadshirt.co.uk and we also have a video games music podcast which is growing in popularity and frequency as it is now a weekly show cane and rinse every sunday sound of play every wednesday uh please review rate subscribe both of them uh whether you get them from iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn or somewhere else. And if you do use another podcast platform, let us know which one if, if, if we're not on there, because we want to be. Yeah. Thank you for listening to that. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this podcast, it's Joshua Garrity. Hello. Carl Moon. All right, guys. And returning after, I think, over three years, David Turner. <laughs> David Turner? Uh, <laughs> David yeah, Turner. hello. Uh, I think the right. last Kane Rinse you were on was um, Spec Ops The Line. I believe so. Yeah, this is my February, third, I think. I did the um, Left, Left Dead, Dead Bonds. Yeah. And, uh, February 2013. Blimey. Oh, Has it been that I know. Long? You weren't even a father at that stage. So uh, why have I been banned from the show for three years, Leon? Mm, fairly, poor, <laughs> fairly poor quality input so far. Um, yeah. And, I can't uh, well, argue against been, that. There's always been somebody better. Uh, so, you know, you're normally fifth or sixth down the list. But in this case, weirdly, not many people have played Titanfall. What? Um, I know. Or a bunch of no, squares. actually, uh, you were always coming on the Titanfall show. That It had to be done because you were one of the biggest uh, exponents, both before, uh, during, and even, we could say, after. Uh, but we'll get into that and, and your hypeness for the, for the game. Uh, so Titanfall doesn't have, we obviously don't have tons of history to, to talk about. Famously, uh, Respawn Entertainment was born out of the public and acrimonious divorce between uh, Messrs West and Zampella. Was it Jason West and Vince, Vince Zampella? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. Um, they split from Infinity Ward and Activision and formed their own company. That was now six years ago that all happened. And it's crazy. Is, I, was, I, I was reading into this and I was like, I couldn't believe it when it was like 2010 that they were talking yeah. about that yeah. all this happened. But it, it's like that is a really interesting case in its own right, especially with the case of just West and Zampella because uh, they formed the company and then West left. <laughs> So, right. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, I don't think um, I've really followed that. that. That's a really interesting one, uh, just to go over it quickly, because yeah, while, sure. whilst the essentially the, the whole court case became a big deal due to like the subterfuge uh, that, that happened in the background uh, between Western Zampella, it seemed uh, that in later cases that it was mainly 
uh, Jason West that was responsible for this and that, that Vince Zampella wasn't actually aware of many of the actions that were taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. So whilst they formed Respawn, Jason West actually had no part to play in Titanfall. And a, the right. original word that came out was that he left to look after family. Uh, but as mm. time's gone on, it seems that it was actually that, that uh, Vince Zampella was shocked by the actions uh, that, that Jason West did uh, whilst they were moving over, and it was almost like he was trying to sabotage the things that were going on. Uh, so mm. the amicable split was uh, sort of what happened, and, and now it's it's just Vince Sampella. Well, I'm looking forward to the TV drama. Hopefully it will yeah. be uh, every bit as good as the uh, Rockstar one that uh, BBC did last year. Uh, so the director of this game was indeed Steve Fukuda, um, now, we covered Medal of Honor Allied Assault some while ago on the Kane Ridge podcast. That was uh, one of his when Infinity Ward weren't Infinity Ward and they were 2015. Is that that's yeah, what they were called? Yeah, 2015, Inc. Yeah. 20, 2015, Inc. Um, and he was also a key member of staff on uh, the Call of Duties that followed. Um which makes sense. Stephen Barton returned as a composer, uh, again, having worked on COD 4 and others, I believe. And the game was released in March 2014, so over two years ago now. Um, the Xbox 360 version followed uh, a month later. Um, there was some speculation that it was actually such a good port or such a good version, because um, I guess it wasn't a port so much as it was co- it was developed simultaneously, given that it came out a month later. But um, because Microsoft had invested in making this a console exclusive... Obviously, there was a PC version as well that actually they didn't want people to see straight away just how competent um, and functional the 360 version was, how well it ran. Um, And so it was kind of kept under very close wraps until it was actually released. And then when it did come out, um, people were, I think, generally impressed and surprised by by how well it ran. Digital Foundry uh, did a, you know, said, look, obviously, there's kind of three tiers of Titanfall. If you've got a PC that will run it, um, and run it with you know everything switched on to high to max and the highest resolution possible. That will be your most glorious looking version. But obviously you don't have Xbox Live infrastructure. We playing it on Origin and stuff like that. Then you've got the Xbox One version in the middle, which has some technical compromises compared to the PC version. Then you've got the 360 version, which is still uh, a fine uh, way to play it, I believe. So the game reviewed uh, pretty solidly without being you know. Across the board, nines and tens, it ended up with an average rating of around 87%, according to game rankings. Um, and the sales were, I don't know what, does anyone know what they sort of said they were, you know, hoping or expecting for for this? Obviously, the fact that it was a console exclusive on a machine that got off to a slow start, <laughs> had a bad reputation at that point among gamers, because of the, mainly because of what Microsoft had said about how they were doing things before the console actually came out, most of which, the vast majority of which they went back on in the end. But I think the... Uh, and there was also the stigma stuck for uh, a while. EA also split from Steam to form EA Origin on PC and, and yeah, sold it through point, there, yeah. which impacted PC sales. Of course it would, yeah, yeah. So the sales, according to VG Charts, our one and only resource, possibly not reliable, was that the uh, Xbox One version sold 2.87 million copies. The 360 version sold 1.37 million. Oh, wow. um, and the PC version sold 0.57 million who knows how many pirate copies there are of each format. Yeah, apparently I don't it was massive, if I remember correctly. There was the whole I thing imagine. that the Titanfall piracy was like an insane number that was beyond yeah. mind-boggling with pirate in that game. 
I'm sure they, you know, did a lot of banning from various services and servers. I don't even know what the piracy situation is on Xbox One. If there's, you know, ways for people to do it to play play on or offline because it's online all the time. Is it, you know, I assume people have worked out ways and means of doing these things because they always do. Yeah. Um, but uh, but actually looking at the number of people who are online playing Titanfall now today, which is under a thousand worldwide. Um, I reckon most of those people who pirated it don't probably don't have it anymore. And the game ended up being so cheap anyway that yeah. <laughs> um, the, it, it, it's, you might as well own a, a, a real copy. Anyway, yeah, practically free in cases, isn't it? Isn't it? It's it, on uh, yeah. EA Access, I think, isn't it? It is. Um, you can play it for free on Origin for periods at a time. I think it gives you like a, the, the full game for a extended period um, at, at the end of which you can buy it. And I've seen it. I think it's been as cheap as twelve pounds on to download on Xbox One or something. I think it's like been. That. I think it's been cheaper than that. Even cheaper than that. Yeah. yeah. I've certainly. I, I think you can buy it on disc online for for around a tenner now. Um, and we'll talk about maybe you know why that why that is uh, as we go on. I'm sure there are multiple reasons, but I think to those of us who enjoyed the game, it's actually turned out to be quite a good thing. So let's go back. Um, let's start with our guest David. And I remember, uh, I think I, I bumped into you at Eurogamer Expo 2013, and yep. uh, we did a little bit of podcasting together. And you'd spent I don't know if it was that day or the day before one of the days that weekend. You'd spent a long time in a queue. Um, you were absolutely pumped for this game. You were quite happy to stand in a queue for two hours or however long it was to, to play for you know a few rounds. And I remember you came out, I don't remember if it was social media or face-to-face, but you were buzzing for this game before well, and having played it. It's funny because actually before that, that, um, before that expo, I, I wasn't made up on it. I, I, you know, you, okay. there are certain games that you think, oh my God, I can't wait to play this or whatever. Yeah. When Titanfall was announced, I wasn't actually that interested because by that point, I'd, I'd felt that I'd gotten sort of a little bit lost in the Call of Duty uh, mm. style of game. I, I, I wasn't really loving that, that type of game multiplayer for, uh, for a few years before this game come out. Um, and because it was the guys that made Modern Warfare, uh, and oh, okay, I loved that game when it came out. I, I don't know. Yeah. There was just something that I was a little bit worried about. Maybe this game is for those people that still play those Call of Duty games. Um, but then the buzz started rumbling up uh, on all the podcasts I was listening to. You heard all these journalists say, I've played it and it's incredible. And then you start thinking, okay, so maybe there is something here that that's not in the Call of Duty games and maybe I can, you know, maybe I'll enjoy it. So um, I think it was Matt. I think I was with uh, Matt Murray for that weekend mm-hmm. and he said, look, we've got to play this because the, there's too much noise rumbling up already. Um, we should really give it a go. So we queued up for a long time. It was the sort of main game we looked for because you know what happens at these expos. You rush to one game right at the start of the day to make sure that you can, you know, queue up for a, a shorter amount of time than you would for the rest of the day. And I think we waited about 45 minutes to get on. And I mean, it was just love at first sight. I mean, genuinely love at first sight. I was absolutely blown away with what I was playing. Um, and I, I instantly thought, this is it. This is going to be my next big game. I, I, I can't imagine not playing this, but, uh, of course, unfortunately, I didn't have a PC or an Xbox One. <laughs> to play no, it. No, you'd so. already had your. You'd kind of settled on on the the idea that you were getting a uh, PS4 at least. First of all, 
That's right. And if 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 I was going to change my mind, it would have been because of that game. Um, I mean, we played one round. I think we played two actually because it crashed on the first round, so we got to re restart. Um, uh, but I was like buzzing by the time I put the pad down. The first, I mean, in that in that short amount of time, as you know, as we know now, playing so much Titanfall, there's so much that goes on. Um, even just mm. dropping a Titan down from the sky and seeing it fall down from the sky was enough to make me go, wow, this feels special. Then when I got into a Titan and realized that actually it's not a complex way of doing things, you are literally controlling it the same way as you would have your first, you know, your normal character. Um, yeah. That was a big yeah. thing for me because I was like, mm. I'm not learning. It just felt so natural to get into a Titan. It wasn't going to be Steel Battalion or something like no, that. No, no, exactly. No. It, and so it just felt... Or even Armoured Core. No, so it felt instantly natural to play. And I was kind of like, okay, this feels amazing. Um, so yeah, but I had to sit out for the launch. Like I, I missed it and uh, friends were playing it at the time and saying, you need to play this. This is unbelievable. Um, so this sort of hype inside of me built and built and built. And uh, for a weird series of events i ended up with an xbox one uh basically i won a competition on twitter by posting a picture of myself on the toilet uh, <laughs> and that one had a really expensive phone that i didn't want so i sold the phone and bought the xbox one with titanfall um uh, packed in and took it home that night set it all up played it and thought yeah i've i've been missing out here um and that was it I think I've put in nearly 200 hours since. Um, yeah, you were on this a lot. I, I, I think I didn't really play this with, with many um, of my actual friends, but uh, but I knew that I, I played it with you two or three times and I knew that I could get a game because you'd be there with, uh, with was it Chet or John? I forget. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, I mean, them. both of them played it a lot, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was usually yeah. me and Chet just ev yeah. every night just hammering yeah. it. Yeah. Josh, were you this hyped uh, to, to get hold of a bit of time for? Um, no, I wasn't. Um, mainly because um, while I enjoy the single-player campaigns for the the earlier Call of Duties, um, I never really got on with the the multiplayer, and and the mm. and that's the same with Battlefield or any kind of you know military shooter of that nature. Not that I you know I, I acknowledge that they're really well made and etc. But um, they just whatever for whatever reason the pace of those games just that they aren't for me mm. and mm. i much preferred um you know my multiplayer shooter of choice was halo which you know it's still it's still fast paced but if we're judging you know these games on a curve halo is yeah. much more tactical and methodical than uh, the average uh, call of duty match so when i saw titanfall and and heard that it was being made by you know team members who made the original um, modern warfare i thought okay well it, it's probably going to be great but just not for me uh, because but you know based on what they had made before and none of the trailers and none of the video footage i saw for it um convinced me otherwise i just everything i saw was like yeah this is i'm sure this is really well made but i'm just going to play one match of this and then never touch it again yeah. and yeah. then the beta came out and mm. i got hands on with it and everything clicked like everything so the parkour the the titans the um just the way um 
the AI enemies interact with the um, with the match and and so forth and so on. And I fell in love with it just over the course of the beta's run, and it tra- it went from a game that I had zero interest in whatsoever to a game that I was going to purchase day one, um, which is amazing for me because this this is a genre that I'm normally not that fond of, and I went on now compared to. Uh, uh, compared to David's uh, time uh, allotted to this game, it's not that much. I I went on to put on, put in about fifty hours into this game, which yeah. is comparatively small to people who are fans of this genre. But for me, like that's a big deal. <laughs> like yeah. I've yeah, never I've I've never put that amount of time into any online shooter, even the ones I really like. So um, yeah, I, I Timefall's kind of become uh, a big deal for me in my uh, gaming career as it was because it it really was um, a game in a genre that I struggled with in the past that really broke out and forced me to engage with it in a in a much more meaningful way than I had I had ever done with any other game in the genre and did you play this on PC? Yes, on PC. Um, I, I had a, a proper gaming rig at that time, so I was able to run it on uh, full whack. Oh, okay. Nice. Carl, did you buy a giant Mech Titan special edition for this one? I didn't. Um, and, I, and I do regret it because I think that is a cracking collector's edition. It, w- it was a cool. It was a cool looking thing. I never saw one in the flesh, but I saw the photos. Uh, was that? Was that? I assume there were the different tiers of of collector's edition for this. Were there? I can't or was remember. That it? I, I know that Giant. the top one was like one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, yeah, yeah. With and, the, and I with really a massive it. Titan model in yeah, it. Yeah, the big with lights on. Did it had lights on. Probably. Um, I think. I think it lit up and stuff. Anyway. Sounds classy. Yeah. That. Sounds like something you'd want on your bookshelf, right? <laughs> well, Definitely. yeah, more than books. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't buy this on day one. My, my sort of hand was already forced because I'd sold my Xbox One by this point. Um, even though it was but four months after the Xbox One had come out, the, the console had gone. Uh, and whilst I'd seen it at, at E3 when it was sort of revealed and I really liked the look of the trailer, I wasn't super excited for it because... EA showed Mirror's Edge 2 in the same sort of briefing, and that was a bigger deal for me. So I wouldn't say it was flying under the radar, but it wasn't something that I felt I needed. But as more and more footage came out and and people were actually sort of playing these early releases and the beta and I'd seen this footage, it was starting to look like a really cool game. It was actually starting to look like the game uh, that I wanted Brink to be, which sounds really daft because... Anyone who's played Brink knows it's actually a pretty horrific game. Um, but that tried the whole uh, sort of parkour gun combat. And then, and then I don't know if anyone actually played it, but 10 years earlier there was Shogo Mo- Mo- uh, Mobile Armor Division on the PC. No, nope. I um, remember the name. Yeah, and, and that allowed for sort of inside and outside mech combat, but it was just really sort of released way too early before you could do it effectively. So in that regard, it was all the things that I'd wanted to try... But by the team that created Modern Warfare 2, which was the game that turned me off the Call of Duty series. So it was a bit all over the place. I really wanted to sample it, but I didn't feel like I needed it. Um, and then in uh, towards the end of April 2013, I built a brand new PC gaming rig, which was uh, a lot of money and very high spec. So the logical thing to do was to buy Titanfall. 
Um, so I actually went the PC route and loved it and then got an Xbox One and then bought it on that as well. So I sort of made up for not getting it day one. Mates. Yeah, so to make up for not getting it day yeah. one, I actually bought it twice. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, that, that that was sort of me. So I managed to get both the, the PC side of it uh, not long after launch. And then, and then I got the Xbox One version a few months later. Cool. Yeah, for me, I wasn't particularly hyped up about this. Um, I kind of hadn't really uh, paid too much attention to what Respawn were doing. Um, you know, I'd heard rumblings, I'd heard the name. Um, I'm not a massive first-person shooter guy, but, you know, I play play a bit of everything, really. Um, there are certain games which have stuck with me because of community or whatever. I played quite a lot of Bad Company 2, quite a lot of Kill Zones 2 and 3, quite a lot of Battle 3, 3 and 4. Didn't ever play much online Call of Duty, played a bit. Um, and I'm not a particularly a massive mech guy either, giant robots guy. Uh, again, like, I'll play anything that I think's fun, but it's not... A, you know a subject matter that will just get me frothing like some people when it comes to the you know the, the giant robots sort of thing um and i think it was just yeah it was just general word of mouth um probably partly other people you know other people like david's excitement just sort of you know catching on as it does and um I, I think i got wind of the fact that maybe these mechs were more like um the ones in virtual on rather than the ones in armored core or steel battalion in that these were actually going to be you know, um, without the the really complex control system virtual on, but these are these are mechs that can whiz about a bit and have a bit of pace to them, and uh, um, and yeah, there was talk about this sort of changing scale and this verticality and all these other things, which did, did make it sound a bit different. Um, I don't think I'd fully got my head around all the little things that make Titanfall a little bit different to other first-person shooters when I went out and bought it. I was actually, this is when I was between jobs. I hadn't been very well and um, I wasn't, didn't have a lot of money, but um, but I found, I can't even remember how, I found enough money to buy this at launch and I even bought the season pass as well, which is, I think this is the only season pass I've ever bought um, for any game. It was like, as soon as I started playing it, I was like, yep, I'd definitely be wanting all the maps for this as they come out. So, that was no question um and i played it on and off for quite a few months um the way i tend to play things is not one thing at a time uh, obsessively i tend to dip in and out especially because of this podcast um i was looking today according to the in-game i've played like 30 something hours of the actual game but according to true achievements i've spent 60 something hours playing titanfall so um i'm third anyway i'm third generation uh pilot of have regen twice so i've definitely uh definitely done my time and and i've played about 10 hours in the last two days and uh um still unlocking things and you know respecking and all that sort of stuff so um yeah it's uh it's it's lasted with me um which is i think something that is pertinent to this 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 very first piece of correspondence i want to do is from me this was my this was my post on the forum when i first played it i put first session complete overwhelming sensation fun not sure if the game shows its entire hand too early it feels like this could burn bright but die young though time will tell also the xbox one version suffers with a bit of screen tearing not enough to bother me unduly but it will irk some people v-sync would be nice but presumably reduce the frame rate i know respawn are working on upgrading the console versions visuals via forthcoming patches though I I hope they continue to prioritize frames over resolution um and they did indeed 
do uh, patches that improved both um, and there is still some tearing there are still some frame rate drops but most of the time it's uh, you know it, it, it works it, it functions pretty well but I did have this feeling that it like I'd seen everything really quickly but the fact is now here I am 60 something hours in and I don't enjoy it any less than I did then which, no, so, uh, I mean it's still you still get that same uh, you still get that same buzz every time you boot that game up. Every time you drop down from that dropship at the start, you're just like, "Come yeah. on!" Um, I, it's funny you should talk about your first play session and and that because I remember um, jumping into an Xbox Live party with a few friends, uh, launching mm. the game, getting into a play session, and uh, <laughs> I remember I was in a Titan and. I didn't really know what I was doing against another Titan, but he must have been weakened or something because I got him right down to the end. And I thought, right, he's close to me now. I'll start hitting him. And uh, I hit him and ripped the pilot out and chucked him on the floor Mm. and turned Mm -hmm. around in the party chat and went, oh, my God, you won't believe what's just happened. I reached in to the Titan, (laughs) pulled the pilot out and chucked him on the floor. And everyone went, yeah, that, that happens. And then, then that's when I realised that this game was next level. It was kind of like, oh, that's a normal thing, is it? Yeah, that's just a normal thing that happens in this game constantly. <laughs> you'll you'll be doing more exciting stuff like that than that later on. And I was kind of like, that's still Ooh. that's still pretty sweet. It is still it's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the first thing we ought to address because I think it's something that's still relevant. Um, it's come up in the news as uh, we're recording in May 2016. Um, it's come up in the news that Titanfall 2, which is still apparently due later this year and will be multi-format consoles, console-wise, um, which I, you know, I'm very happy about. Uh, it they're saying it will have some sort of single-player campaign. Um, it's also come out this week that the only reason that uh, the, the most recent Battlefront, the Dice's Star Wars game didn't have a campaign was because obviously they wanted to launch the game in tandem with the force awakens being released released at cinemas and so they effectively ran out of time um now i knew you know i my eyes were open going in i knew this was a multiplayer only game i knew there was some sort of integrated campaign um but for me having played the recent campaigns in things like battlefield 3 and 4 when it's a game like this and i know i'm going to get you know maybe at worst like 20 25 hours out of the multiplayer i don't really care that a 50 pound game doesn't have a single player um but some people it still really seems to matter to so so what about you guys is this something that you were happy with from the off was it just like this is going to be a multiplayer game or were you like a bit of a chiz no single player I mean, speaking personally, I'd, I'd rather a game focus on what it does well than just try and please everyone. And um, I, I actually think the recent trend of games kind of going all in on single player or going all in on multiplayer is a positive thing. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I seem to be at odds with the general consensus, but I think, yeah, I think Titanfall just going, you know what, this is a multiplayer experience and that's what we're going to focus on actually strengthens the whole package because yeah. I, I don't think there's anything... There's not, there's no flab on this game. Like it, it all feels essential to it. Um, whereas if you, they just slapped on like a battlefield, you know, battlefield free style single player, it kind of, you know, drags it 
you know drags it down a bit in my head um, yeah. and i and i can't help but think you know how many resources and how many staff members are being taken away from the multiplayer of something like a battlefield to make a single player that nobody really enjoys when they could well, without, be helped yeah without well, knowing about the development process though you don't know how true that is i know um, and I, I yeah and i'm i'm speculating here and this is just the the narrative i've created in my head but I I just think that if if the entire team is focused on this one thing, surely that's mm. going to lead to a better product overall. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it depends slightly because I I think there's a reason why there's a reason why these games have single player campaigns, and there's no. Um, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I wish they just focused on this. I wish they just focused on that. But I think, um, I mean, it's clearly there's market research out there saying that your game will sell less unless it's got both single player and multiplayer. I think that is that is the reason they they put these single players in. A- absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. I I think I'm I'm speaking from the the you know artistic credibility standpoint rather than yeah. the yeah. financial standpoint. No, I I totally understand. It's just that the reason why I think Titanfall sticks out in my head so much as like this really positive experience is because they just went in whole hog into the multiplayer and just weren't focused on anything else. This is a really important moment in the gaming industry right now because Titanfall put its line in the sand, said we're multiplayer only, and people kicked off. I, and now I understand people having the opinion that they want the single player and this and that, and, and as Josh said, and I truly believe this is the case, if a studio who are working entirely in-house as Respawn are, you will be taking materials away from that multiplayer to focus on the single player. So if you take uh, the creative design lead for an environment and put him in a single player environment, but he might do something special in the multiplayer, you no longer have that. Now, we mentioned EA games at the start of this uh, and how Battlefront missed the single player because of launch, but then uh, was it this week or the week prior? We've had Epic Games come out and they said they're done with single player. That's it. Their games multiplayer only. They don't need single player campaigns. They, you know, they're, they're a pretty forward thinking company because they're the ones that are creating probably the most widely used game engine around. And now uh, another reference point would be Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Now that is a game that has a single player, a co op, uh, zombies mode, and a multiplayer, all mm. of which come in the package and are expected. However, when it released on the 360 and PS3, they cut the single-player campaign, and there was outroar. It was all, you know, it was everywhere, all over the internet. And the only people that weren't kicking off about that were the people who were going to buy it. You know, if, if you actually look up and read this, the people that were buying this on the last gen, they were like, we don't care. We're buying this for the multiplayer. You know, it's got a single-player. We're, we're, we're not interested in playing it. Now, if for something like Call of Duty, I don't think more people are buying those for the single-player than the multiplayer. To, to, uh, while we're on the subject of Call of Duty, I'm just going to undermine my own point by saying, like, <laughs> these guys were the guys who made Modern Warfare for, uh, sorry, Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. So they have actually demonstrated that they can make an excellent single-player yeah. campaign and an excellent multiplayer mode. So I, although I just you know went on, oh yeah, I'm glad they focused on the multiplayer. I think it is, a, a, as David said, without knowing the development process, it is a bit, um, I don't know, presumptive to just declare that they it absolutely would have impacted the multiplayer because mm. they've proven that 
that's not the case in the past. But the thing is, it's, I don't it's know. financial impact is a fact. You know, we we can discuss this back and forth about whether they're going to pull artists. Um, now I can't remember which game this was, but it was referenced in relation to the launch of this title that the release of single-player campaigns take up a substantial amount of the cost of a game. I believe it's actually the majority of of the cost of a title can go into the single-player campaign over the multiplayer, which is a little crazy because, as you mentioned, something like Battlefield, Battlefield three and four don't have good campaigns, but they have stellar multipliers. So you know, did it need the single players? Not at all. Not even remotely. Well, yeah, but uh, again, would that would that budget would that initial budget be there if there was no single player involved? Would they be handed that amount of um, money if they weren't promising a single player? And in relation in relation to that, the fear of losing the money through dropping the single player might lower the budget itself. So yeah. it, I mean, I think I mean we don't know. None of us, like uh, industry experts or anything, it's it's mainly guesswork. But all I'll say is that these guys they tend to know what they're doing and they tend to know yeah. where, where the market's at. So I think there is a reason why why Battlefield has a, a single player, you know, uh, and Call Absolutely, of Duty has a single yeah. player. And if you if you look at the Call of Duty advertising campaign, sorry, we're going on a bit of a tangent. I want to get back to, um, <laughs> to Leon's initial question. I don't, I don't think Call question. of Duty is a tangent. I mean, this but, is the but, company um, that has created that franchise. But so yeah, it's, what it's I'm the perfect that reference. If, if you look at the marketing campaigns for the Call of Duty games, ninety percent of it is like the tv stuff is the single player stuff yeah which is weird when you think yeah. about it it yeah. is but it's it's weird to us it's weird to us because we're we're um you know we're of that we're a certain audience we're a certain market mm. um yeah. whereas if you talk to people that but there are people that buy it for the single player games there are it's, it's it seems seems weird to us because we focus so much on the multiplayer side of things but um yeah, but no, going back to your original question, Leon, when the game came out, the, the lack of single mm. player didn't bother me at all because I, I was sure. so pumped for the multiplayer, that was fine. However, with the announcement for Titanfall 2 that they're introducing a single player, I'm really excited because I think they've, um, you know, they've got the multiplayer down. I know if they keep up the same level and just add a few bits to it, I'm going to be there day one regardless. Um, but I'd be really interested to see how they incorporate a uh, single player campaign into this. Uh, and mm. what they do with it. So, and whether mm. it's rubbish, whatever, I don't care. I've still got Titanfall, so <laughs> it's all good. So, this obviously leads us on to the campaign that there is within the game, which <laughs> is played uh, as a multiplayer, um, and to to have sort of finished the campaign, you have to have kind of won every bit of the story with both sides, basically. Yeah. So the the scenario, the setting is. Uh, this is off the top of my head. Tell me if I get it wrong. Uh, man in the future has colonised planets. Resources are scarce. People are fighting over them. I've never heard that in science fiction ever. That is the <laughs> exactly. most original story. Hugely unoriginal and, and for my money, really badly told throughout the, the story of the game. Um, I never really had any clue exactly what was going on. I had no interest in any of the characters. Um, all I cared was I was a cool space dude with a big robot shooting other space dudes with other big robots um they might as well have not even bothered with what they you know did did put there and in fact if anything for me it's sort of slightly damaged the immersion because if you think about it for a second and I'm, i know i'm all for suspending disbelief i find it odd when people say well that wouldn't happen when they're watching you know marvel superhero films um but the idea of fighting over resources by killing thousands and thousands of humans and wasting ridiculous amounts of ammo and high-tech robots. Isn't that robots. technically the most realistic part of it all? 
<laughs> well, yes, I suppose. Maybe it's making some fantastic political sideswipe that, that I've only just no, no, uh, stumbled no, it's not, across. It's, it's not when it's got lines like, you kill me, you're better, I kill you, you're better. No, it, that, <laughs> that is not. That does not scream political statement to me. No, no. <laughs> um, did anyone get into, uh, into no. the... the no. 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 It, no. It's, it's it's strange. I mean, when I was playing it, the, the nearest thing that I could compare it to was like Avatar, where you've got some people fighting over the resources, which is the mm. sort of the, the army, the industry side of it. Except on the other side, you don't have the, is it the Navi from Avatar? Um, yeah. You don't have them wanting to save the resources for the world. You just have them wanting the resources as well. So no yeah. one actually cares about the land. It's just two sides want the fuel for themselves. It's, no, really, it's some really kind of weird. Sort of local wildlife, the the odd bit of local wildlife flapping about, um, yeah. occasionally getting in the way. But there's no sort of sense that, yeah, uh, there's there's any there's no real. I mean, there is co- there's there is nothing other than conflict. There's no conflict no. of of uh, of ethics or morals. It's just like. We're we're having a big scrap for this. Yeah, Both no, sides no are bad. One wants to Both save sides. the world. They just no. all want the resources for themselves. Uh, yeah. I, I, I thought, the I thought, story aside, I thought the idea was actually pretty good to try and try and put some sort of narrative yeah. into a multiplayer game like that. As you were playing the multiplayer game, some, yeah, yeah, some form yeah. of narrative was going yeah. on. It was just a bit half baked, wasn't it? Oh, it? It's hard to do because this comes from the Call of Duty background, which. Um, I've always, or at the time, maybe ignorantly called multiplayer for the lowest common denominator in that, you know, it's all about um, being as quick as possible. Uh, you die, you respawn, you, you know, everything as fast as possible. So when you start the multiplayer, this following on from that as, 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 as a design ethos coming in, they have to try and deliver any story ridiculously quickly into the start of a multiplayer round because by that point you, you're just in full-blown combat so um you know you get a little bit on the drop ship someone will say something and you drop and you'll see one person on the ground shouting at people but you you know it, it's multiplayer you don't really have time to sit around and listen to it so the only alternative to that was give it all in a loading screen which is personally my least favorite form of storytelling the, yeah, uh, in there's, gaming there's that and you uh, when you think about it as well you need four different types uh, four different ways of telling the same story per match because yeah. you need it from both sides, and you need it from both sides winning and one like losing. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of like how they did that was um, well. I mean, it was just scripted that different uh, things happened, different uh, voices popped up. But yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I just didn't. It just felt a bit weird. And um, I didn't. They drop. I think it was you had to play through it the first time you played, and then they patched that out because obviously. <laughs> if you only had to play it when you started, yeah. if you tried to play it a year down the line, you weren't even getting into matches because no one was playing the campaign yeah, stuff. That's right. Yeah, it took me ages to get the last one on the last map as well because of the way it works. Like I wanted to, you know, get all the boxes ticked, kind of thing, and get the achievements. But like you had to, it's, it's random which side you're on, so you you can end up keep playing. You can keep end up playing the map that you've already won on the wrong side or whatever. Uh, the writer, by the way, is one uh, Jesse Stern, who uh, did do the writing for, uh, came off some TV work to do the writing for Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2, then went off to do NCIS for a while, um, 32 episodes of that, and then came back to write Battlefield 4, and then wrote Titanfall, so... Hmm. Good in um, television, not so clever in games, I guess? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, different things work in 
different media and I suppose NCIS I've never seen the the, the CIS at, at the time shows, it was the biggest television show in the world wasn't it it's yeah yeah from I mean, CSI Miami you know, populist uh fun i believe but um but yeah this this didn't stick with me at all um and you know now all we've got is you know because i assume you know when we do play it we just go in jump in to uh one of the you know the the most populous uh multiplayer modes you've still got some of the sort of the characters there uh doing the um doing the sort of announcing the speech and yeah. explaining what's going on and stuff but um who they were back in the day back in the story mode or what relation i can't even remember you know like which side is kind of vaguely you know what what their actual differences no. are one of them's the militia one of them's the sort of rebels uh, uh, yeah it, anyway. it doesn't you know i didn't yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of irrelevant, and they've just sort of pushed it in there as a way to sort of have a campaign without really necessarily having a campaign. It's it was a strange construction, but I think there is the possibility that you could get that right. I just think they didn't yeah. quite yeah, get definitely. it right with this one. But part of me hopes they haven't abandoned this idea, and yeah. that um, something yeah. of this um, remains in the sequel, because I do think it's a solid concept. It's just they didn't flesh it out properly, and uh, unfortunately, um, I still enjoyed the gameplay side of it, but just any kind of story just went straight over my head. It wasn't mm. bad. I, I didn't think any of it was awful. It just it was so unmemorable. <laughs> just completely yeah. boring. Unmemorable and unclear. You know, it's yeah. like Leon said, yeah. you don't necessarily know which side's which or whether you're fighting for good or bad or and it's really hard to concentrate on narrative when, when yeah. you're playing a game that's so incredibly intense and fast-paced and you have to be concentrating on a million things at once. You don't really need people, you know, telling you. And a lot of it was just like, now you need to secure room A. Now they've taken room B. Secure room B again. It's all that sort of thing. It's like, it's not really a story, is it? It's just a, it's just a, a framework to hang a, a mode on. Um, so if effectively the, narr- the, the, the campaign mode becomes like a... Uh, yeah like a, a set of a set of ops which is fine um one thing i wanted to mention um and this i still find this is the case even now as i say i've been playing the game the last uh, few weeks particularly the last couple of days um put in a whole load more hours and still by and large there are very few people i'm speaking about xbox one here i don't know about the other formats um there are very few people on comms, random, randoms on comms. Now, for me, this is a boon because it means, uh, you know, very few screaming kids, not much, you know, vile racism or homophobia or whatever else. Um, you get the odd voice coming through and I haven't heard anything offensive. Now, I know that's probably um, partly just, uh, you know, just lack of luck of the draw, lack of numbers or whatever. And maybe maybe the culture has shifted slightly. I, I'm not really aware because I don't spend that much time playing random, certainly not with comms on. But the fact that comms isn't used much in this game, unless you're playing in a, in a group with friends, um, it makes sense to me because, again, exactly like I was just saying, the game is so fast. Like It's fun like playing with mates and just chatting while you're playing. But it's a game that's pl- played at such a, a fast pace. I'm not saying you can't help each other out tactically, but it's not like Battlefield or something where you say, right, we are all now going to move into this point and take this point. Because by the time you've got that sentence out, 
you know, three people are dead. Um, someone's launched, brought their Titan down. Another point has gone, or you know, it's like it's not a game that you can really have. I don't know. David might disagree with this, having yep, played yeah, so I do. many hours. I, I vehemently disagree with what okay, you're saying. Okay, okay, go for it then. I thought you might. <laughs> no, it's um, why well, we always played in a big group, and uh, I found that yeah, initially it was like that for me. It was initially okay. I'm just running around, kind of on my own. Uh, not, yeah. you know, we were never really in a group, um, and, and just doing, doing what I was doing and getting the kills in and stuff like that. That just, I mean, it, it depends on the game mode. Um, but, but sure. it does, once you start building your tactics up and working out strategies and stuff, okay. um, yeah, it completely changes. Like, um, I'm trying to think of what the, the one where you're all in Titans, Titans only, you weren't allowed to jump out. Last Titan standing. standing, Yeah. Um, uh, that was extremely tactical. That was very much, where are they? What are we going to do? Are we going to hold up? Actually, I did play that one with you and, and yes, that was a bit more like that. Cause again, because you're in the Titans, things are a little bit less fully frantic. Yeah. But then, and, and you've also got, um, uh, capture the flag, which in order Mm -hmm. to win, um, you really have to be uh, 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 chatting non-stop. Um, so th- what we would do, it was all about carrying the... Uh, so one of you would be on foot, you'd make it up, uh, make it up to the uh, the opponent's flag, and then you start putting call out who who's in a Titan, who can get into a Titan now, what, what's going on with the Titans mm. and stuff. All of a sudden, a Titan rushes up, you grab the flag, jump on his back, and then and then run back yeah, with yeah. him. And a lot okay. of that stuff was uh, Maybe was it's tasteful. more... Yeah, no, you're right. Maybe it's more mode-specific. I'm thinking mainly about attrition and playing that solo. I'm not saying that you couldn't get any advantage by playing, you know, with some verbal cooperation. But, um, and this is the first mention of this, and I think Josh found the same. I, I don't know about the rest of you. Um, normally, I'm not... I'm, you know, I'm quite mediocre at online shooters. They tend to be a bit too overwhelming and fast for my aging reflexes and whatever else. But even going back to Titanfall now, when there's only a thousand people or less, actually it was 600 this morning, 650 people in the world playing on Xbox One. And as soon as I jumped into games of attrition, I'm coming near the top all the time. Like there's something about this game that just clicks with me in yeah. terms of doing well and that is me playing completely solo not not cooperating with anyone just doing what i think is right the whole time and ending out with ending up generally with i, I tend to get the fewest pilot kills but i tend to get by far the most um titan kills and uh, often the most uh, hmm. you know uh, drone kills as well whatever they're called minion kills um and yeah, so I, I don't know why it is that this game gels with me, but playing solo on attrition, I just have a great time. I've played this game in many ways um, with sort of in groups of people, uh, which you know you, you can do across across modes uh, sticking together in the in the way that you can with like a Call of Duty or even like you know the new Doom game or, or whatnot, and, and it sort of works. But this also has that little thing that Call of Duty does in that I'm thoroughly entertained playing solo multiplayer which is something that i don't normally do but when it comes to actually playing it it gives you a lot of things you can do so you know you you, like you said you can shoot the minions that'll get your points towards your next titan you can you don't even necessarily need to be in your titan because the titan can earn your points whilst it's patrolling or you can shoot other pilots you can take other titans out you can of course uh hack specters or hack guns etc there's plenty of things to go on and it always makes me think when i talk to people who say i don't play call of duty because i'm not good at shooters but then they're always on battlefield and so i say why are you always playing battlefield and i say because i don't need to be good 
to feel like I'm doing something for the team. So, like, in Battlefield, gives you the option to sort of revive your teammates or throw down ammo. So you don't necessarily need to be good, but you feel like you are offering something substantial to the team. Yeah, and contributing, I think, support yeah, cards. And yeah, I, and I think that Titanfall allows for people to play more of a support. So, you know, I, I can go in and play, like, Black Ops 3 and get absolutely blitzed because I am not great at those games, but I can go and play Titanfall and feel like I'm this integral part of my team because the way that I'm playing, I am supporting the team in some manner whether it's you know getting killed by the enemy but actually taking out the little minions or, or hacking specters which is usually the thing i did because no one else ever goes after the specters so i did no um, that's right. which earn, yeah. which earns me points so the, I, yeah. I felt that titanfall did a really good job of letting you do many different things uh, yeah out, even outside of the many different modes i think mm. um one of the slices of genius in this game was borrowing an idea from um mobas um and having like lots and lots of ai opponents in multiplayer matches because the the problem with um call of duty that i always found was it doesn't matter how you know it doesn't matter how many times I play a match, I will almost always die five seconds after spawning. Like it does just I I couldn't get my head around the pace of the game and I just got increasingly frustrated by the fact that I just could not kill anything, no matter how many how many mm. times I tried. Whereas with Titanfall, it it's almost like the AI opponents are there as like, you know, um just you know, helping helping you practice uh, with the weapons and yeah. helping you um, get used to the systems, and you feel like you're having an impact. As as we've already said, it a lot of the systems in this game are all about helping every player at every skill level feel like they're doing something meaningful, and 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 killing players is part of that, but it's not the whole thing. Like you don't have to. And what I ended up feeling like was that the the player characters ended up feeling almost like boss battles rather than regular enemies so the ai opponents were kind of the people i focused on but whenever a player turned up it's like right okay this is uh you know a proper epic encounter that i need to be yeah know, this guy's got better ai yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I, I was going to mention that that uh, that boss idea i remember somebody saying that i don't know if it was you at the time or yeah. one of you guys or one of the community but yeah the idea that like the pilots are bosses or even maybe the pilots are mini bosses and the titans are the bosses and um, something like that and and another thing that um, I think that's great about about Titanfall is how the pace of the game changes as it goes on having the titans drop at a certain point in time and it's usually even though killing opponents and and so forth and so on increases uh, sorry decreases the amount of time you have to wait for the titanfall um the titans tend to drop around the same time and it's this dramatic shift in the pacing of the the game and it slows right down and it becomes less frantic and uh, it was interesting um leon hearing you say that you had more success with the 
the Titans because um, that's where our, my skill set lied as well. I was pretty mm. useless at taking out player characters as they were running around, but for whatever reason, I really excelled at slaying Titans. Whether I, I you know, whether I was in one or I was on foot, yeah. just you know, yeah. uh, running across uh, running across the walls. Uh, just that slower paced enemy, um, and, but you know hitting a lot harder was a was a kind of enemy that i felt better equipped with uh better equipped to take out i think one of the important design decisions they made um that you don't necessarily understand until you play it is that having the titan drop for you is not the most important element of that game because we've played games with mechs in before where the mech is absolutely the core and without it you've got no chance so the mechs are sort of dumbed down in the damage that they can take so there is that balance between people who are just playing on foot but if you lose your titan it's genuinely not such a bad deal it's not such a big deal should i say because you'll you probably get another one certainly before the round ends you you can use them to detonate them as bombs you can set them in patrol so it allows for a whole sort of wide range of the ways that you want to approach it whereas you know you you could have easily had a game where maybe you struggled for the whole round to get a titan and it drops and then you lose it and you that sort of you you feel a bit you know upset and frustrated almost because hey your titan's gone that's it what's the point of even sort of playing if you can lose it that quickly so to actually not have the titans be the essential part of the multiplayer experience but just another option i thought was uh quite bold but worked out really really well um because i used to have some rounds where i was really good in a titan but i preferred actually being outside of a titan mm. um and using sort of the the wall runs and wall hangs and being invisible and basically being sneaky <laughs> on foot um is something mm. i actually preferred to the titan combat um and i used to use my titan more as a distraction um to take out pilots yeah, I'd kind of forgotten because I went back to the, uh, the 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 simulation tutorial type thing when I went back to the game because I'd had such a long layoff and uh, I'd kind of forgotten the wait command for uh, Titans. I don't know if that's something that I'm, I've been really missing tactically using because I generally let them follow me but actually leaving them in a place yeah. um, and, and using them as a you know as a shield or as a you know a guard of some kind is is something that's actually probably got some uses but generally if i bring my titan down um one of my favorite perks is the the one that makes it land asap so you don't have to wait so long for it to hit the ground and then i'm you know i'm already flying towards it as it hits the deck and you're holding down the x button so you can kind of you know jump in on the fly and um yeah there's that little moment of reprieve as well which a lot of um, online shooters don't give you there's you basically got a, a short window of invincibility every time you bring down a titan if you get to within that shield mm. um, the time it takes to for the animation to play for you to get in the titan is an unusual respite in in a game and gives you chance yeah. although like the map and everything disappears but you've got you've got just a second to get your bearings and get yourself together which i think really aids me because otherwise i tend to get more and more kind of tense and and um you know disoriented you so wouldn't, you wouldn't like that's... ban against me then leon because for that split <laughs> second that you were getting in the titan i was using my titan to drop electrical smoke into that bubble before. <laughs> 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 so yeah. as soon as you wake up it's just smoke everywhere and you're losing life straight away oh beautiful i do like <laughs> i do like the electric smoke yeah it's um, good 
before we come back to the gameplay, I'd like to talk a little bit about the the sort of uh, audio visual side of things. Um, my own take is that um, playing, I'm talking mainly about the Xbox One here because I haven't spent any time with the others, is that it's obviously really impressive. And occasionally, I think there are some, you know, some of the maps are, are cool looking, but I don't think uh, I was ever kind of in love with it on a graphical level. Like, I think everything looks cool and neat and everything's mm. clear. You can see what's going on even when there's mayhem. But it's not a game that I, that I would think, oh, I've got to show you this because it looks amazing. Um, but is that is that just me? No, no, I think I think you're spot on. I mean, from a... Uh, just just to look at from an artistic point of view it it does look very basic especially now that we're a little bit further into um these consoles yeah. lifespans um yeah. of course i was playing on console not pc mm. um uh, but for me i would still show it to people because it was like look at what you can do in this game rather yeah, than sure. look at how good it looks you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i mean it didn't look too great but it, it certainly did the job just to sort of be different from that, having played it on the PC, I think it's actually a very pretty game on the PC. Um, it's, bet, a- yeah. it's actually a night and day difference between the console. Now, this is strange because I love how this game looks on the PC, but I much prefer how the game plays on the console. So mm-hmm. I was always torn in that loop, but I actually you know, enjoyed playing both for, for varying reasons. Um, but I like that sort of that gritty... Uh, almost realist, uh, realistic design that you see on all the uh, characters. That's just sort of slightly moved into the future on the on the look of them, the survival. I, I find that a really appealing design. But the thing that blows me away time and time again is the animation in this game. Um, uh, just the way you, you see the, the the characters running along the walls, or the way they feel really solid until the moment that they're grabbed by a titan. In which case, you just sort of see them ragdolling, like you see that they're really quite fragile or uh, even the way you can go and jump in your titan you know it, if you run in from behind it might grab you mm. from between your legs or the way like if you jump in the air it'll grab you in the air and shove you straight into the into the cockpit yeah. all those mm. little touches um were so refined and polished uh that the, the animation blows me away but yeah when it comes to the actual graphical fidelity uh absolutely night and day now i hate these comparisons normally um but in, in in the case of of the PC version, it does look like a different game. It is very very pretty. As someone who's also played the PC version, I I I think it's a bit extreme to say it looks night and day. I think the PC version definitely looks better, but I I think it's very clear that it's the same game that's running, just at a higher resolution. Um, but for me, like just to you know continue Kyle's point, I think the thing that's most impressive to me is how the aesthetic all feeds into feedback for the player. Like a lot of the visual design, um, art, art, you know, artistic choices, whether it be um, the design of the pilots, the design of the Titans, the way the pilots move, etc., uh, etc., et or even just the sound design, the way the Titans sound um, and the way certain weapons sound, all of it is really, really effective at telling the player what is happening around them at any given time. Yeah. You know exactly what kind of Titan is coming round the corner based on the sound design alone. You you can tell the difference between, you know, the the 
I forget the names of the uh, individual titans, but the you know middle class Strider, Ogre, and Atlas. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You can you can tell the difference between the weight classes with the titans, and the weapons all sound really distinct. I don't think you know the sound design for the guns is on the same level as something like Battlefield, where you know that's that sound design is really haunting because they sound like real weapons. But in terms of a you know game design, I think the sound design does an excellent job of making sure you you know what everyone you know what weapon everyone's using, and it's really dis- you know each weapon has a distinctive um, sound identity that um, communicates what's going on around you. Yeah. I think that's that's what the developers really focused on. It was less about being impressive on a purely kind of um uh you know you know that uncharted four kind of latest greatest visually like wow how are they doing this Mm. it's more just about making sure that all the information the player needs is right there right in front of them all the time and you're missing you well well, you're not missing but you, you haven't mentioned the most important sound of all in that game and that's the sound when you kill a pilot there's this little Hmm. it's almost impossible to explain um but it's this little sort of click bleep sound it's a weird sound effect but man whenever Mm. you hear that you know that you've killed someone and you feel brilliant (laughs) yeah i mean i totally agree about the the sound design like for me that's um as it often is it's even more important here um and certainly i'm not not disregarding things like the player you know the indicators like the grenade indicators or the arrows on screen david just talking about the electric smoke there you know exactly when you're in trouble because you've got all these multiple (laughs) arrows around you um if there's one pilot locking on you've got a thing telling you where from it it, like that there is information actually coming at you it's the sort of game where if i showed it to you know a non-gaming friend or or an older relative they would just be completely bamboozled and overwhelmed but to a video gamer it's giving you all the information you need at once but very quickly and clearly which is yeah which is vital and yeah the the fundamentals are absolutely on on point with everything that it gives you and you're Mm. always sort of that you're always in the field of control because of the information that it's giving you but Mm. anyone who's watching it you look like the best games player that's ever walked the earth you know, yeah. it, it, it's incredible to watch someone playing it, but they're in complete control because the game does such an incredible job of feeding back information, which is pretty incredible for a game uh, that is only sort of on one level. Say, so if you're, you're purely on foot on any game, if they do a good job of that, it's impressive. This does it whilst you're sort of running along walls, jumping off buildings, jumping across buildings in a Titan, you know, scaling them. There's the, the high level of verticality, and yet you're always completely aware of not just what's in front of you, but almost like 360 because the game is constantly giving you that information, but not in a way that is overload. And it's... I'm not entirely sure how they've done it, but I believe it's witchcraft. Yeah, (laughs) video game witchcraft. Um, And yeah, I agree with Josh as well. I think while, you know, maybe um, DICE's audio for Battlefield is still, like, you know, beyond compare in some ways... Um, I think the gun noises in this are, uh, are excellent. I, I really, even though the smart pistol isn't my favourite gun because it's too hard to get a lock on a pilot with it, um, using it on grunts is just endlessly yeah. satisfying. It sounds so 
delicious and mm-hmm. the animation as they all drop in sequence is just hugely rewarding and that you know again that that plays back into the idea that anyone can play this anyone can run around get get some kills get some points even if even if you know they end up at the bottom of the leaderboard they're not going to have done nothing it's not the spawn die spawn die spawn die situation yeah. it's um, also, it's that also, just really doesn't happen it's also an incredibly good tactic i mean you know i've been mm. uh, you know how good chet is from chet and john's at first person shooters you just got to see some of his battlefield videos it's insane um right he when we play attrition mode he will literally just switch his load out to have the auto pistol and run mm. around and concentrate on on um, on a uh, you know grunts and stuff like that. And yeah, it really, will, yeah, and that's how we win games with that because he'll always yeah. finish top of the leaderboard and kill about it's three true. pilots throughout the whole I mean, thing because he's that just smart pistol is so well designed because it there are some really cool tricks that I sort of learned over time playing with it. Um, one is that if you wall hang and go invisible then pretty much any pilot is going to be dead by your hands because they're not going to know you're there, so they're not mm. in a rush to get away. But another is that you can actually uh, it'll lock on to sort of uh, grenades or mines, so you can wait yes. for a Titan to be near the mine on the floor and shoot it. Or if there's an enemy in an awkward-to-reach place, you just launch a grenade up at the sky and quickly shoot it with your smart pistol. Those kinds of like tricks are just really cool things that you can do with, with, with that weapon um, outside of you know running behind someone and trying to lock on because when it when yeah. i when i was trying to do that i really struggled um, yeah. when when i started to play a little bit um wiser with it and, and being sneaky and sort of with the wall hanging and shooting my own grenades and stuff far more effective weapon yeah i, I the great thing about the smart pistol and i think um, we're focusing on it because it's actually kind of um, a great example of how well balanced this game is. Because in in a lesser game, that that pistol that auto locks on enemies would be way too overpowered for yeah. a multiplayer game. And it seems that way when you're on the receiving end of it. Um, whenever you get yeah. killed by a, a smart pistol, it feels like wow, that's that's not fair until you actually wield it and then you realize yeah, how yeah. much skill is required to actually be yeah. effective with a smart pistol and to uh, effectively and be patient enough to take out other pilots it's it's a it is a hard weapon to use if you're you know going after um pilots rather than grunts and 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 i think it demonstrates how much thought they've gone into balancing all of these weapons well this is this is something that i did want to mention actually because um the game obviously it it has that sort of leveling up system as you play the game you get higher levels which lets you unlock more guns and so on um and then you get to uh, regen, which is what you know, we used to prestige in, in Call of Duty games, so it was like sort of the natural thing. Um, but w- you didn't just have to get back up to level yeah. 50 to regen, you also had challenges to do. Um, and after you know, hours and hours and hours of playing this game, uh, I had my setup that I enjoyed using and I, ke- I stuck to it. You know, I'd, I'd switch it out for different, um, uh, whatever game mode we're playing, but um, in order to prestige or regen again. You have to mix up. Mm. You have to you have to do things that you would never normally do, like uh, switch different guns, switch different abilities, different loadouts, change your Titan up completely, stuff like that. Um, mm. And at first, I was a bit frustrated because I was like, "Well, I want to progress," but I 
don't want to use that gun. I don't really like it. I remember the sniper being one of them. I was mm. like, I don't really, who uses a sniper in Titanfall? And when you stick to the challenges, by the end of it, you're like, this gun's amazing. I cannot believe yeah. I've not been yeah. using it for this long. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I absolutely adored all the yeah. weapons in it. And it, it was literally, um, uh, it, it just demonstrated how balanced the game was. Cause there were times where you were using a new weapon and thinking, ah, although I can't do this with this weapon, I can do this. And it's really helping me now. You know what I mean? Um, like the, 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 uh, the sniper, you could unlock a not as, uh, like the uh, what was it the scope is not as strong so yeah. the, you can quickly flick it up and use it like a like a um, assault rifle rather than a uh, rather than a sniper rifle and all of a sudden you had this really powerful gun <laughs> that you could use at medium uh, range but also flip it to long range as well so you you slowly start to realize how balanced this game is and how it's not just your loadout that feels good. It's pretty much everyone's loadout that feels yeah. good. Uh, I love that whole yeah, regeneration system. The the, the 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 thought that went into it, because, um, you know, you, you mentioned the prestige where you hit level 50, you go again, nothing really changes. Uh, you'll unlock a new, couple of new challenges, but the process is play the same game you've been playing. Whereas um, I tried it in this, and I think I went through Prestige 2, and I hit Prestige 3, and I, I, suddenly you got to do, I believe, some 250 shotgun kills, 100 shotgun headshots, and then it's X amount, uh, kill 50 pilots with a Titan, and then 50 Titans with a Titan or with a certain weapon. So you, you're going through these kinds of things, and I had to use the shotgun, and I was like, whoa. And I was someone who used the, uh, the assault rifle that you get at the start because that's a really good weapon. And I was really struggling. I had no range. And then I realized, that, you know, if I start wall running off the top, go invisible and leap in a building, I can take out three enemies before they even know I'm there because I'm shooting them point blank. And then you just feel like the biggest badass in the world. And you're like, I'm never not using the shotgun. And then you regen. It's like you've got the sniper rifle. You're like, ugh. And then you learn to use, like you said, uh, you yeah. learn to use that sniper rifle. And it, it just it carries on. It, it refreshes the challenge yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the, and the whole feel of the game, you know, for, I mean, yeah. not, not the feel as in, you know, you still feel like. A dude when you're running around but as in the actual the, the your strategy the, the way you play is, approach, is yeah. yeah your whole approach and and i think maybe that's the key you know i think anecdotally i've heard from a lot of people who you know gave this game up fairly quickly um and i think maybe the one point where i was just starting to think okay you know it, despite that initial post that i read out like there was a maybe a point towards you know level 48 49 or something where i was thinking okay i've played quite a bit of this game and that's probably you know it's, i've seen everything it's going to offer now but then you look at the regeneration uh, requirements and it's like oh, okay it's going to make me use weapons that i'm not comfortable with or loadouts i'm yeah. not comfortable with and actually you do want to, you know, if you're enjoying the game up to that point, it's it's uh, it's a very natural way of extending the game's lifespan without without it becoming completely repetitive. Yeah, um, it, yeah, de it I, definitely I, it stops cool feeling idea. stale, um, mm. and it, and in a strange way, the the possibility of regeneration because I'm really hoping they keep it keeping it for the sequel is mm. one of the things I'm anticipating the most because. I love the fact that the game was like, you can't progress, you can't go another level unless you step outside of your comfort zone. And there's yeah. so many games that are afraid to do that because they want you to be happy playing it and, and mm. don't really want to take, you know, they don't really want to pull the rug out from underneath your feet. And this was like, no, nope, this is what we're doing. Do it it's this also, way. 
it's also particularly odd going because I, I regen today and uh, you know it's very odd going back to the first few levels it doesn't take long because each time yeah. you regen it you you rattle through the levels a bit faster because you get a, a higher multiplier but the first few levels you don't even have the option to choose your spec you don't even have challenges for the first few levels um so it's quite weird you feel kind of naked i think it gives yeah. you five uh confirmation screens before you regen it's a, you know it's like yeah. are you sure are you really sure do you definitely want to do this are you really really sure last chance kind of thing so it you know you can't do it by mistake that's for sure but for me this time it was like level 50 done all the challenges let's go again yeah and, and it, there is a one really strange element to this though is that one of the sub things you can do in the game is to buy an entire gen level so if you didn't like the sniper rifle and you could not get on with it you can technically you can buy to skip it but in doing so, yeah, you can actually yeah. entirely destroy the possibility of getting an achievement on the achievement. Xbox. Yeah, I saw uh, that. And I believe yeah. it's the only game uh, in the 10 years that achievements have been on Xbox that you can actually basically remove yourself from ever being able to get an achievement. Wow. Okay. Rather than, say, the server's yeah. being taken it's down or whatever. It's all server side and it, you uh, can't reset on yeah. the server. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. And it, it costs like it costs like 100000 you know in-game currency or whatever yeah. to buy this pass thing doesn't it but um no i would i would ne- i would never do that nah, yeah, yeah. next thing i really want to talk about um i think uh is uh something that would be easy to underestimate now i think all three of you are bigger fans of mirror's edge than i was but i found oh. that game quite frustrating hmm. um and the first person parkour i didn't necessarily think was something that would be it you know i don't think it's easy to do um now i know a lot of think a lot of people uh loved dice's game and therefore they they feel they nailed it for me it was a little frustrating and it felt a little bit um uncooperative whereas the feel of moving about the 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 maps in uh, on foot in titanfall to me is just absolutely glorious it's just so seamless the wall running is such a breeze uh double jumping clambering up on things you know occasionally you mess up and you try and climb up a bit of map that you can't you can't it's too high or or whatever um and that makes you feel stupid and you know you're probably going to die and someone's looking at you going why is he how's he getting up there and that's that's frustrating but that's normally my own lack of skill or map knowledge but generally the the locomotion in this game i think is pretty sensational yeah i mean mirror's edge was rubbish i mean i'm totally with you there it was a terrible oh, I thought video you, game. i thought you liked it <laughs> no, i couldn't stand it and i know that there's uh, some people in the room that liked it and they're wrong um but <laughs> but this is uh this is how parkour should be done for me. I, I the, the, look, the problems I had with Mirror's Edge was mainly because I wanted to be a free-flowing, running, jumping, you know, mm. superhuman. Uh, but there were too many moments where my face was flat against the wall or I was in a room yeah. that I could, couldn't really escape from. One of the things that the parkour stuff uh, benefits from in Titanfall is that it is... I, I can't think of an instance. I'm there's I'm probably wrong about this, but in my experience there's no room in that game where you can't see an exit out of that you can jump out of. You know, there's uh, it's completely there's no dead ends in it. It's all about okay, if I'm in this room up here, I can jump out of that window over there and run mm. along that wall there. It seems all just I mean the level design is absolutely incredible in Titanfall and um for the parkour stuff that they uh, introduced to the game that's what works like that 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 Mm. is a huge part of what makes it work um and oh god that you're totally right 
it can feel a little bit sticky at times um, as if you're not actually doing parkour you're you're kind of being sucked to walls and uh, you know it's not physically it doesn't feel natural but it but you got a sort of super suit on with jets so yeah, it kind of, so it yeah, kind of you know. gets away with it but, yeah <laughs> but i think you need that to have that sort of free flowing feel of, of uh, free running um and i think it just nails it it absolutely nails it yeah the, the whole sense of momentum that this game has is nothing short of sublime because you're you're always able to get out of some uh, situation or go somewhere quickly, you know, uh, and you seem to be able to do it in any direction. And, and for anyone who's listened to me talk about first-person shooters on this podcast over the years, I'm going to go back to my favourite term, and it's verticality, and this game absolutely just is the supreme leader in verticality in a multiplayer shooter because uh, it's so important to be either on the ground or high up and if you're in that mid-range that's sort of when you're right in the titan's line of sight so you're constantly sort of fluctuating between them so the ability to go quickly and parkour quickly uh is so important to the experience that said i'm a huge fan of mirror's edge it's one of my very favorite games and i know i I think the big difference is that the challenge of titanfall is in the shooting so the parkour and the movement has to be so slick to yeah. allow for that mechanic. Whereas yeah. the challenge in Mirror's Edge is in accomplishing the parkour. So yeah. it's it's utilizing those bullet uh, the uh, the button configurations to sort of leap between walls and, and get those right, and that's where sure. that challenge lies. And she's so they are a different. woman without a super pilot suit with well, jets yeah, on. Yeah, there is as that. Well, and she, so. You know, the ability to she can't double jump and whatnot. So it had to be super slick. But where I would level it at, and how important it is in Titanfall, is that Call of Duty Advanced Warfare tried it afterwards, mm. and it sort of fell really short because it tried this okay. awkward sort of double jump, and the momentum wasn't really there, and it was very stop start and a bit awkward. It was just really awkward to play so when uh black ops 3 came out that you know they, they worked on that and tried to get the momentum right and, it, and it's better the wall running and all that's there but then you go and play titanfall again and you realize just how much better uh and and how much more smooth it is on titanfall than black ops 3 which came out what, two years after and mm. they've, they've had that as their study reference point so um, you only realise how clever they've been with it in Titanfall when you look at a product that has been released since, tried to mimic it, and still falls so far short. You know, parkour is not an easy thing to do in first person because it's disorienting. You know that that you are going to get lost, yeah. and and uh, at no point in Titanfall did I ever feel out of control, and I think that is really really clever. And I think I think the the, the most important thing the the, the, the way you realise why this stuff is in the game the the moment you sort of realize that actually this this part of the game is very important is not when you're doing it it's when you're in a titan and um and you're being shot at by a pilot and you're like right okay i'm gonna get you and then all of a sudden you look you've lost them and you're like hold on you've just gone around that where the hell have you gone yeah and it's those moments that you realize that this is in the game solely okay Partly to get from point A to point B as quick as possible, uh, but mainly to get out of the line of sight of a Titan and um, and confuse the Titan and uh, and uh, you know and the levels complement that as well. You know there are there are levels where you can literally go underground under these grates to completely and just like pop up, have a few shots at a time, and then pop back down there again. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I like about it. It gives you that feeling of um, that 
although you're overpowered um, in terms of firepower uh, and you're you're more dangerous than a pilot, uh, they they're more nimble than you are, <laughs> and uh, you, and th- you've got no chance. Talking also about the balance uh, uh, of the game, I think there's a real um, sort of uh, juggling act to be done by every player, depending on their preferences and whatever, when it comes to your actual loadout. You know, you unlock stuff as you go through the game much quicker than in, say, something like Battlefield. You really rattle through the unlocks, uh, or I certainly did anyway. I I think that's the way it's designed. Um, So not so many hours into the game, you've got the choice of everything, but it really does become a choice of... You know the the perks are again. There's there's a balance. Like some perks just seem utterly, uh, you know, invaluable. But then so does another one down the list. It's like how do you choose between uh, having your Titan arrive quicker or um, or have it regenerate its shield faster? Or I don't know. I'm picking that off the top of my head. But um, it, again, along with the regeneration. Uh, concept of having to use things that are not comfortable there's actually good reason to mix and match things david you were talking about different loadouts for different modes and i think i think it was via an update that they started letting you um name your uh name your custom classes i absolutely love that stuff because i just gave them normal names so so it was uh, my pilot was like Brian and and his yeah. Titan was Frank stuff like that but um, <laughs> uh yeah no the, what what's interesting about that is that when uh, like I'd been playing with my friends for a long time and um uh and then we started talking about loadouts and stuff and abilities and stuff like that and when I told them that cuz the ability I use as a pilot is to is the one that lets you see through walls yeah same here. pilot said and some people, when I mentioned that, they were like, why do you use that one? Surely really? you use invisibility. And I'm like, no, this <laughs> one's brilliant. And then you were, then you find out that if you're invisible, then you can't be seen through a wall by the people that can see through walls and stuff like that. It's, mm. so there are definite advantages for some, some things and, and not others. So if you know, that there's a character that's running around that can see through walls. If you go invisible, then you've definitely got the jump on them because they're not yeah. they, they're relying on on that red color flashing up, uh, and it doesn't when you're invisible. So, you know, it's um, yeah. I mean, the the, the abilities are just uh, fantastic. The the only one that I didn't really understand was the one that mm. lets you run a little bit faster, and mm. uh, and sh- I think it made you uh, the damage on your gun a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I never really clicked with that one. So I didn't use that that much, um, no. but yeah, it was. I mean, and especially with Titans, there was so much that you could customize on that. Um, that again, you you uh, when you start talking to people that also use Titans, uh, like so, some people said to me, like I can't believe you use Atlas, uh, and they <laughs> use Strider and stuff like that. I'm an ogre man. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's just yeah. it that that again all all the what we've talked about for the past ten minutes or whatever that. Is just shows you how balanced this game is because everyone will have their own sort of tweak of the whatever setup that they like. Uh, I very rarely find anyone that plays exactly the same way that I do, mm. uh, and that mm. just shows how how well put together this game is. Yeah, um, talking about we talked about the feel of running around the parkour as a pilot, but um, but the feel of being in a a Titan is obviously uh, as important. And uh, and again, I think it's as much as anything, it's the it's the contrast because um, I think in a in another game, the the sort of speed of movement and and whatever you have as a and mobility you have as a Titan could just be a regular guy. Um, 
you know, in a slightly slower paced, more considered game. But here, because of the contrast between the glassy, super slick uh, parkour with jetpacks of the pilots, you get into a Titan and actually you've got, you know, you've got limited, um, you can sprint a bit and you've got a limited dash move, which is uh, absolutely invaluable. But depending on which chassis you're using, you get uh, one, two or three bursts of boost Um the clanking in itself is satisfying the kind of the sort of roars that they utter um that sort of whining noise they make um it all adds a lot i think they they could have done a little bit more with the titan sound for my taste just to make it even more cool to be in one um but uh, you know the sound of a of a of a titan punching another titan is 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 great and uh and all that um feels feels pretty sweet um and of As course, say, the, yeah. the voice, the uh, the character, the, the AI voice that, that you pick. Yeah, yes, because they, they introduced new extras, ones as well. Yeah. I mean, you did have yeah. some some uh, choice at the start when the game launched, but then they just increased that to different, various different languages and stuff. Yeah, there's a Japanese and a German. I bought the aggressive english male um i use i normally i'm normally a jeeves man who who's kind of like paul bettany and iron man before he became the vision it's sort of like uh, i've kept your seat warm for you sir all this sort of stuff which is nice um but yeah i've just been experimenting with the uh sid i think he's called and he's like um you know uh he's more like ed 209 kind of thing which uh, which is a lot of fun yeah mine was barking japanese at me but um yeah yeah uh i wish they had a cockney one and i hope that's in titanfall too Burn cards, they're another thing. And yes, this are. is another thing that um, sort of uh, jiggles around with the gameplay a bit. It gives you uh, yeah. temporary perks, effectively. Um, you use them once, they're gone, hence the name. Um, in the initial release, uh, they didn't manually, uh, or, sorry, automatically refill once you'd used them, which was a massive ache. Uh, but they fix that with a patch so now you just have a huge deck of them at all times and it will automatically pick three once uh, once the round's over which is which is great um there's a ton of different ones some of them are just amped guns i.e uh, you know a, a version of your normal firearm that's uh, that's souped up and kills a bit quicker or reloads a bit quicker or whatever else bit of everything um but there's also lots of uh, cool groovy little ones like the ability to recruit uh, robots by walking near them um there's uh hydraulic legs which i think that that makes you run faster doesn't it um temporarily and generally have a higher jump and things like yeah. that um there's 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 loads of this stuff and again it's just another thing which makes you know rather than the rot setting in in terms of here's you know another round the same thing the same thing's going to happen there's like you know if i deploy this card and i don't die while I'm well, I've just activated this this rare burn card. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I might have a really extended uh, life on this particular round. And there is, I'd love, I, I, I've had games before in Titanfall where I have not died the entire game of attrition yeah, because I've yeah. been, you know, gone from gone from on foot to Titan to on foot to Titan and got, you know, straight back in, had a great run, and that is so satisfying. Yeah. Some of, some um, of the Burns cards that stick out for me, right, uh, you've got mm. EDT, what we used to call EDT, Early Doors Tights, which means that the moment mm. you land, you can talk, call a Titan straight away. It completely blows the the opponent's minds. They're like, well, yeah. they do not expect to be fighting a Titan that early on in the game. And when you're rocking up and just stamping on their heads, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> the best tactic to use when you are playing a uh, Pilot Hunter is uh, Map Hack, which is 
I think it's the most expensive card in the game when they're selling them individually. Um, right. Map hack lets you see everyone on the map at all mm. times until you die. So what yeah. you do is you activate that burn card just as you're getting into a Titan in Pilot Hunter and you can literally yes. see every pilot on the map and just rip them to shreds. I mean, nice. I've won so many games like without dying in, in Pilot Hunter because you're just, you're just absolutely tearing them to pieces because you can see where all the, all the pilots are. It's wonderful. It's, mm. oh, that, that makes you feel powerful. That makes you feel yeah. good. So you get awarded these burn cards at the end of every round. Um, and you can and actually challenges, yeah. and you can technically burn your burn cards for credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think it's probably important that we mention that the the additional voice packs and stuff aren't microtransactions. You buy those with your in-game credits. In-game, so everything, yes. everything's sort of insular, so right. you can make your own credits. Obviously, you, you get some for finishing your rounds, some for finishing your challenges, etc. Like you normally would. But the ability to, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of burn cards that you don't like which is often the case because not all of them are amazing yeah uh, like the one where you get to hear a little bit of audio when there's someone nearby uh, yeah, Never yeah exactly. i don't even know what that audio sounds like I don't yeah, know what yeah, it's spider spider sense was uh, one that i always quite liked because the whole screen started going crazy around the outside so you knew there was someone there yeah um but, but yeah, yeah. No, the one david means where it just goes just as yeah. you're about to die <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, it's too late yeah cheers for letting me know there's yeah. a shotgun right behind me so um and and I like the whole concept of burn cards, but uh, the whole temporary perk thing, and it's actually something that Doom, this year's Doom, has, has put in something very similar. Um, in the with, multiplayer? With, yeah, in, in the multiplayer with, with temporary things that will sort of you use them or well, they're more time-based, but you, you don't get to keep them kind of thing. Uh, and that changes that multiplayer just as much as it does in this. Uh, but in this, it can make such a huge difference, especially, uh, like you say, if you're on a... if you sort of on a downer and you keep getting killed uh flicking on one of these cards can and, and you might get like the buffed version of that weapon can absolutely change the entire round for you and I, I thought it was such a cool aspect um more so than where you sort of lock in your perks uh like something like call of duty beforehand and they're the perks you've got on that loadout you sort of stuck with them uh, these ones constantly changing up was a really cool idea hmm yeah, we should um, mention the sort of how the, the, the game developed uh, in the subsequent months or even over a year, I think, after it came out. They were they were doing... There, there was one significant title update. I think it was like title update 7, which was something like that, 6 or 7. It had a load of um, achievements and new features with it um, at various points. There, there's stuff that's been brought in since I last played it, like the ranked chip, which uh, allows you to kind of move up the rankings. But if you don't play, you get demoted because uh, it decays through lack of use. Um, but there's there's achievements to go along with that and you know extra badges and stuff frontier defense was new to me until yesterday as well i had a great game of that a co-op mode a sort of horde Mm -hmm. mode um you know again in itself if it was the only thing in the game you might think it was a bit slight but as a as a free added bonus um they made as far as i could tell every time they did a title update on the xbox one at least um, the graphics were like noticeably superior to the previous. They didn't sort of overly announce this, um, but yeah. each time it was like, "Hang on, that looks prettier," or "That's got more particle effects," or "That's higher resolution," or um, it, it looked to me like they always did something to polish the game further without without sacrificing the frame rate or having any you know worse tearing than there already is kind of thing so i think they really supported this uh i think it was glenn on our forum said that um it may be in the correspondence saying that uh up until splatoon this this was the sort of the most you know faithfully supported 
uh, online shooter by anyone um, in terms of free stuff. You know, and perhaps perhaps since um, something like um, Burnout Paradise, you know, before yeah. they started doing free um, paid for stuff for that, they did a load of amazing, amazing free stuff. Um, so obviously, you know, you started off with I think there were only like a handful of modes when I first booted the game on day one and the, and the day one patch but i think there's now like 10 12 different modes many of which are now not populated yeah, I anymore think, i think did they not remove a couple uh further down the line as well be because right, it sort of separated yeah. people out a bit too much yeah well they used to do um uh well they they, they didn't really remove them they did this uh rotating sort of like yes. a, every, every couple of weeks they'd replace one with another one um like they had that was how the uh, one without Titans, the game mode without Titans came into things, and um, Pilot Skirmish is that? Pilot Skirmish, that's the one. And what's the the Marked Man one? Mm. Uh, that Mark for Death and Mark for Death for Throw Death was so good. Like it, when that was when that first. No one playing it now, sadly. It's such a shame because when that first came out, um, we just got into that in a big way. And th- th- when you talk about talking tactics on on mm. uh in an xbox party then there's no better game for that because it was all about okay who's next because it will warn you who was marked for death next and uh it, but, but the the game mode that i played the most out of all of this was uh variety pack because i yeah. enjoyed pretty much bar um the one without titans um bar that much game mode i loved all of the game modes so <laughs> We just played variety pack, and we just sat on yeah. that all yeah. night, just skipping between we, different game modes. This is the only thing that might date this podcast slightly, but we are probably six months away or so, may maybe from the sequel. Um, now we're obviously all fans of this game. Um, I think that much is apparent. Uh, but just are there a couple of things that you would or wouldn't like to see from the sequel? Let's start with Josh. Um. <laughs> Well, they've kind of already given me, uh, based on the teaser trailer, what I want, and that's mechs with swords. So yes. um, I'm, okay. I'm happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what they do with that because um, I, I don't think the melee stuff was particularly. I mean, it, it was functional, but it wasn't like a highlight of uh, Titan. It's quite Fall, limited. So, yes. Um, I, I'd I'd like to see how they expand on that and see if they can do something really interesting. Um, well, it's a bit of a silly thing, really, because I, I don't know what they're going to do next, and I'm quite you know open to any ideas that they have because they've proved their worth to me with Titanfall. Um, hmm. But I would love, not so much for the pilots, but I want to see so much cosmetic uh, uh, customization for the Titans, it's unreal. I want to hmm. build a Titan from the toe up, uh, and I want it to look how I, I decide how it looks, you know what I mean? I want to unlock if I want to put a hat on it, I want to be able to do that. If I want yeah. to um, change, you know, put spray paint it or mm. do, I just want flags. I want everything. Capes, stick a cape on the back of a Titan. I'm well up for that stuff. Uh, yeah, just, I want to be able Lingerie. to customize my Titan to feel like my Titan and to look like my Titan. Uh, yeah. Make which, yourself a massive target, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I didn't mind the way the Titans looked in this and it didn't yeah. bother me, but it felt like an Atlas, an Ogre and a Strider. Yeah. 
and I just want this to I want to make the most ridiculous looking Titan ever so when I'm smacking people down they know uh, that I'm a complete arse <laughs> insult to injury yeah, yeah yeah definitely no I think that that could add something not not just as well you know not just for the lols but that adds an attachment doesn't doesn't it which um which I think um if if there is one thing as much as we all we all had fun with Titanfall and you know some of us played it for uh many many hours um if there's one thing that does seem to have happened with Titanfall is that people drifted away from it um now maybe not as fast as any number of other multiplayer games because that's what tends to happen anyway but I'm sure that um, Respawn and EA would rather people were playing the next one kind of, you know, solidly in large numbers for, you know, two years or whatever, rather than drifting away after six months. Carl, any uh, anything on your Titanfall 2 wish list? Yeah, I mean, one of them was what David mentioned, really, was the sort of the, the customization for Titans, but I'd like to see more Titans um, rather than just the base three. Uh, mm. And I'd like to see a more co-op element, um, playing Halo, I was always keen of the fact that someone could drive a warthog, someone could be on a turret. Now, I know you can jump on a teammate's Titan on this so that they can get you around. Yeah, the get a ride, yeah. But I would like for who, if someone jumps on my Titan, if they could maybe use like a tertiary can that only someone who jumps on me can use to sort of freshen up the combat in that regard, more co-op elements into it. Mm. That, would nice. be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take all of those. So uh, a few posts from canerince.com slash forum, starting with Sinclair Gregstrom, who says, as a day one Xbox One owner, Titanfall was a big deal when it finally released four months after that troubled launch. The initial lineup of games for the console was decent for sure, but Titanfall felt like the big exclusive marker in the sand that Microsoft and Xbox players needed to help write the ship. Yes, it came to 360 and PC, but you wouldn't have known from the marketing. Finally, everyone will be talking about a great game rather than all the political nonsense that had dominated every conversation about the console since its unveiling. The marketing push felt huge, with the game treated like a first-party AAA release despite being an EA-published title, and all signs pointed to something really quite special. Yes, there was no traditional single-player mode, but that was shoved to the back of people's minds, certainly mine anyway, as we all jumped aboard the hype train. So, did Titanfall live up to these lofty expectations and adequately shoulder such a heavy burden? Not really. There's no denying that the core of the game is fantastic fun. Super slick movement, intelligent multi-level stage design and solid gunplay meant that the game played beautifully, but it didn't take long before the feeling of, is this it, settled in. After putting in a good couple of weeks play, it all just got a bit repetitive for me, and that seemed to be a feeling shared by many of my friends, of many on my friends list, as the sight of people playing Titanfall became quite a rare one after the initial launch buzz had died. Overall for me personally, I'd describe Titanfall as a really good game that was just sorely lacking in content at launch, and my fingers are firmly crossed that the forthcoming sequel addresses this considerable issue. I know there was loads of apparently great content released post-launch and that eventually it all went free, which will make the game a much cheaper, weightier beast for those picking it up now. But speaking as a guy who paid full whack on release, I can't help but feel shortchanged by my own experiences with it. Flabio says, I think it's a shame that many of the people who picked Titanfall up early didn't stick with it. 
Respawn added to it constantly for over a year, rebalancing, adding new game modes and so on. It was probably the best example of a multiplayer title being supported strongly by its publisher until Nintendo launched Splatoon. There you go. Running the game itself entirely on the cloud server with the player client being relatively thin is now seen as the expected way to do competitive FPS games, something the PC has known for a while but hasn't been common on the consoles until recently. That kind of infrastructure is expensive to set up, ask Blizzard, but the MS Asia service appears to be the enabler here. Cloud services is big business, and more and more games are going to run themselves this way. Almost every big F2P game on mobile uses some variation of it, whether it's the Microsoft One, Google's or Amazon's. The game itself is a lot more intimate than the larger scale battlefield type games though, and people originally thought filling the levels with AI bots was an attempt to recreate that feel, but that's not really what they're there for. One of the biggest problems any multiplayer shooter has is trying to strike the balance between being fun for new players as well as your existing audience. If the game gets too hardcore then the new players simply don't stick around. Who wants to play a game where you just get owned all the time? The bots are a clever way to provide new players with something to fight and kill that still helps the team and also lets them learn the game. They also manage to strike a good balance between playing on foot and in the Titan. Yes, the Titans can squish the people on foot, but the wall running gives on-foot players access to a verticality that most FPS games simply don't have. If you're not in the ground when you're not in your Titan, you're not playing it right. Most of the expert level skill comes from learning how to traverse the maps quickly, how to dash between objectives in capture mode, etc. Watch some video on YouTube of people demonstrating the sheer amount of movement the player has and it'll open your eyes to how different this game can be played to the norm. I struggled early on with Halo 5 when that launched because I kept trying to wall run. It got that deeply ingrained into my muscle memory. Titanfall has plenty of flaws. The plot is generic sub-Firefly nonsense about rebels and AI uprisings and such like. The voice acting is not great. One guy really wants you to think he's Idris Elba. He is not. Nice music though. Yeah, we didn't talk about the music. Uh, I think there is some some nice music. There's some sort of fairly uh, bog standard genre stuff. But um, I think the piece that plays after a battle with sort of violins and uh, sort of more Western folksy type stuff, I quite like that. Anyone? The main theme is actually excellent. Um, by far the standout track for me. When does that play? I don't. I don't even know the main theme. <laughs> I believe it, it as the intros played. Um, it's in the background to the intro video. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if I selected it for sound of play. If not, it's been the one that's just been removed like, at least twice going on to it. Um, but I mm. believe I may have picked it on, on a sound of play in the, in the past. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the pr- primary main theme is actually pretty spectacular. Uh, it's never stuck it, out to me at all. Uh, it, it's a bit awkward because it is used on the intro and there's voiceover and stuff, but when you oh, listen right. to it from the soundtrack, it's on its own. Okay. Yeah, it, it builds up really we must, well. We must sound of play it in that case. The Rooster says, Being a mainly Battlefield player, I was surprised how much I enjoyed Titanfall. I played Battlefield 3 for ages, but Titanfall really took me to the next level of the genre. The freedom of the movement system gives you around the maps changed how you would normally play first-person shooters. The Titans themselves are awesome. When you're pinned down in a building while waiting for a Titan to be ready, then once calling it in and landing on an enemy Titan is a great feeling. It took me a while to get my head around the levelling system, but I love the way it made you play in different ways to keep levelling up. Get X amount of rifle kills, then X amount of sniper kills was a great challenge. As for the campaign, it was pointless to have a story, but it didn't affect my feelings on the game. Great game, and now it's all available on EA Access. It's a bargain for any fan of the FPS genre. Bring on Titanfall 2 with swords. Pacific Rim, anyone? And finally, from the forum, we have Jakob 
G42. I almost never play multiplayer shooters, but I spent an inordinate amount of time with Titanfall. I think this can be attributed to a couple of factors. First, I picked it up on launch day, which prevented my frequent experience with multiplayer games where I enter a lobby full of people who have already mastered the maps and mechanics and subsequently get myself absolutely wrecked. Secondly though, and maybe more importantly, is that I think Titanfall does several things to make its multiplayer uniquely fun. The fact that there are tons of NPCs on the field let me feel like I was still contributing to my team, even if I couldn't handle killing other players. Similarly, the guaranteed Titans mean that everyone gets to live out a power fantasy or two per match, no matter their skill. As I got better and went through a number of prestiges or regenerations, whatever, I came to appreciate just how versatile the various systems allowed you to be. I loved amping myself up as a superfast shotgunner or a titan jockey with invisibility and packs of C4. I also still remember cackling as I zapped five people at a time with the titan's lightning gun. The parkour mechanics just felt instantly right to me and playing an FPS without them now feels like it still has training wheels on. Seeing a titan crash in out of the sky also never got old. Origin lists me as having played 102 hours of Titanfall, but also tells me that the last time I played it was August 2014. I haven't been back. When I fall off the wagon of an FPS, so to speak, I always find the experience of returning and not being as talented as I once was to be just painful. I still have wonderful memories of Titanfall, though. I haven't really found another FPS that scratches the same itch. What I would say to you, Jakob, thanks for your post, everybody, is that I went back after a long layoff this week, uh, the last couple of weeks, and I was still doing all right. Um, and I was probably not, you know, as it, well, I wasn't as experienced as, as you were at the time. So, yeah, it's uh, for whatever reason, it's a game that doesn't necessarily just doing well, just doesn't revolve around having played it a lot. There are there are definitely other considerations just um being smart i think it's amazing i don't know about you chaps but i find it surprising how many people i see playing this game like they've obviously been playing it a while but they still don't really seem to get how best to play it to be the most effective is that fair yeah yeah um yeah i guess that just hacks back to the balance isn't it it's, there's so many different things different ways to do it there seem to be a lot of people who still, even though they must have, you know, they've probably been playing it for a good while, still seem to be treating it like a traditional mano a mano or, you know, or team based deathmatch game. Whereas th there are so many other ways to, to, you know, to get by on this. Um, you see people, you know, like sort of camping at the back of the map with their invisibility on and being a, sn a sniper. And you're thinking, I'm not sure this is the most efficient way to get points, but uh, especially as I've just broken your neck. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Next up, we have our three-word reviews from Twitter. Follow us, do, at Canaan Rince, amazingly enough, starting with David. Uh, Daniel Millward says, not on PS4? Persona Blue says, it's got robots. What the Duck 3000 said, I like mechs. <laughs> Glenn Watts says, artificial intelligence cloud. The Rooster says, your Titan's ready. Glenn Mooney says, bloody smart pistol. Kevin Fitzgerald said, mech smash noob. Jacob says, David's versus Goliath's. Steve Robinson says, deserved more attention. <laughs> Chris Eason says, parkour robot fun. Fun, indeed. Uh, now, to summarise, um, I suppose... I think we've all made it fairly apparent that we all had a lot of fun playing Titanfall. So sum that up. But also, would you recommend that people pick up 
Titanfall 1 at this point, bearing in mind it's, uh, you know, you can get a game, but there are fewer people playing it, or would you recommend that people wait? Josh? Um, first of all, um, I-, I would recommend people get this, um, because I think there's still enough people playing that it's possible to get games uh, regularly. And uh, even if Titan, t- you know, Titanfall 2 ends up being better... Um, I I just think there's so much fun to be had here while you're waiting, and it's so cheap. I mean, I I you can get it digitally for sub, you know, twelve pounds, and I've seen it physically for even lower than that. Um, mm. And there's so much content here now. Um, when at launch, um, I could you know understand somebody saying well you know 40 quid for this seem seems a bit much but now you can get it for if you're lucky for a you know five pounds and you have all these modes and all these maps and i think it's just an absolute bargain and and absolutely worth um everyone's time um as speaking personally um you know this game i'm not the target audience for this video game yet i am utterly in love with it and and i think that speaks volumes to how much craft and care and and everything has been poured into this game i think it is easily my favorite uh, multiplayer shooter that uh, i've you know ever experienced and this is someone who you know i, I really like the halo multiplayer experience but i i didn't put you know i've never put 50 hours into a a halo multiplayer game like i have with this one um i just every time i play it i just i have a great time and i never really feel that frustrated by it or angered by it and and it doesn't matter how long a break i take from it i can come back and and still get in you know get into the headspace that allows me to you know have a good time with this game i i highly recommend it i think it's i think it's a classic wow carl moon I absolutely think someone should pick it up, and I'm coming from the perspective that I believe Microsoft will give this away in, in a games with gold uh, prior to Titanfall Two. Sure, it, you're it, right. It, it, it's so logical, but I'm the person I bought the season pass, and I didn't get mad when it went for free. So I'd recommend someone buy the game, and if it goes for free, hey, big deal. You're going to have more people to play with. Um, yeah. You can find a game now. Uh, the servers aren't anywhere near as packed, but there's there's a lot of people who really love this game. I mean. David mentioned at the, at the start of the show that if, if someone wants you know to go and play it, ask him he'll go in and play it. it's that it's that kind of game um I'm always willing to jump in on people and play this game because it is just fun and if you go and play it try and pay attention to the fundamentals that this game gets right from its uh you know the weapon balancing the design the, the look of the maps the look of the maps the way things interact with each other the actual designs of the maps and how uh multiplayer maps can be balanced in in their design so that there's no choke points that there's always ways to escape because it is absolutely sensational when you break it down um you go and play these these other multiplayer games that are very good, but they're missing that something. And and you look back on this, and you can sort of see it very clearly that that the, the the hours that must have been spent on getting that right in the office and breaking things down and designing it and reworking it, and 
the travesty of it all is that this game came out four months after one of the greatest gaming PR disasters we've ever seen with the Xbox <laughs> One. Uh, and what should have been this console's shining gem was sorely overlooked. And by the time that the Xbox One started to pick things up again, perhaps too much time had gone because it's never been one of those things that's shifted huge numbers and a lot of people left it after they did buy it. And that sort of sucks because <laughs> Josh said it's a classic and I kind of understand where he's coming from. And it's, for me, it's not a battlefield, but... To compare it so would be to ignore the things that this game does right. It doesn't attempt to be a battlefield or a Call of Duty or something, but it's its own game and it's something that so many other franchises should be looking at and going, that's what we need to match, that's what we aspire to be, and that's for the fundamentals of its map's design and the way the character moves and the information that it shares with the player is just absolutely incredible. You need to experience it. Thanks, Carl. Um similar feelings uh to josh really for me um i think every time i load this game every time i boot it up um i sort of find myself thinking why haven't i played this for ages this is so much fun it's not a game that i necessarily find myself um sort of you know pining for or missing when i'm not playing it i'm not sure why that is just probably because i've got so many darn games to play for various reasons for pleasure and for for uh for podcasting reasons but as soon as I boot it up, it's always like, why haven't I played this for ages? It's got such a flow, such a balance. Um, I think some of it might be, it. it is doing that thing of um, giving you lots and lots and lots of rewards for every little thing you do. And it, ma- and it makes nice little noises from the, the noise that David mentioned from killing a pilot, which is actually where you have achieved something. Um, we haven't really mentioned just how many layers of challenges there are in this game. So pretty much sort of every third time you kill something with a different weapon, you get like a load of a load of bright yellow text on the screen saying, well done, have loads of points. And I'd be lying if I thought that didn't play some part in how compelling I find this game. But actually what I find more compelling about it is I remember the, that feeling, that first session, the first couple of days of playing this and thinking, you know, th- this is like the sort of, uh, you know, sci-fi fantasies I had as a kid growing up watching Star Wars and other slightly more, you know, uh, grown-up type sci-fi, that wanting to be a, you know, a, a starship trooper with a gun and a robot and whatever else. It totally ticks all those boxes. It's um, it, it's really accommodating and welcoming. And as I say, I, I just, for whatever reason, I just gel with it better and I do better at it than other shooters. Um, and it doesn't feel as frustrating I had a few moments with Capture the Flag uh, earlier today where I was trying to get, I was trying to complete a, a challenge of just capturing two flags and I kept getting shot just as I was about to capture a flag. And, you know, but outside of that, when I'm playing attrition, it's like I don't even mind who wins or loses. It's great when you win. But as long as you feel like you've had a good game personally, it's like, yeah, it, it's such a buzz. It's an absolute, it's a mainstay of my collection. I wouldn't get rid of this apart from anything else. It wouldn't be worth anything to get rid of it. But yeah, um, it's an absolute cracker. And yes, I think I think it has been overlooked or, or abandoned early by, by some who maybe, maybe could have got more out of it. I don't know. Right, David, you can go now. Cheers. Yeah, buy it. Um, <laughs> I, I just had a look, and it's five pounds on CEX at uh, CEX. All right, <laughs> um, but obviously, I prefer you to get the digital version because then at least the developers get some cash. Um, 
yeah, this, I mean, initially you might think there's not much to this game, but that it's so deep and so well balanced that it's, uh, it's actually, it's a masterpiece. And for me, I, um, look at the lifespan of online FPSs and, um, uh, I think there are landmarks, uh, and they don't come a- along very often. Um, and this is absolutely a landmark for me. It's incredible. There's so much we haven't spoken about. Um, we-, we could speak about it all day. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the big rush to the dropship at the end of attrition mode and stuff like that, which was yeah, yeah. so unique and, and, and such an excellent Left way to dead finish. style, I suppose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sort of, yeah. Um, uh, and, it, the the fact is that you can still get games now. I know people saying it's abandoned. It's not. There are, are still a core base uh, of players there. That that all right. The game modes may not be as varied as they were at launch, but there's still a lot of game there to be played, and there's still a lot of fun to have. And uh, I refuse to believe if you've not played Titanfall and you've got an Xbox One, maybe you bought one after the game came out and died died off a bit, or mm. um, or maybe you've just upgraded your PC and you didn't have one that could handle it at launch get it because i fail to believe that you won't have fun with it uh and especially five pounds worth of fun oh yeah, yeah exactly. insane. i mean i essentially bought the console to play titanfall and i do yeah. not feel shortchanged and genuinely do not feel shortchanged yeah. um i loved every moment i spent with that and as i said at the start if someone says to me you fancy a game of titanfall i'm there <laughs> absolutely without a doubt love it brilliant nice one Right, it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Josh, Carl, and David. Thanks for coming back after all this time. Oh, and, thanks for uh, me, I've loved you, it. You've got a new podcast to tell everyone about. I'm sure many of our listeners will be aware, but uh, but for those who aren't, we have quite a lot of uh, people all around the world, and I think, you know, uh, it's about time they knew that you were back on the podcasting scene back with your pals. On, back on it, yeah. Um, uh, the podcast is called The Computer Game Show. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. I like what you've done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it took three days that took us to come up with that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and so yeah search so the computer games show on Stitcher iTunes YouTube all that nonsense uh, we're a weekly video game podcast basically or computer game podcast Jesus yes uh, uh, only computer games um, and this is through uh, this is in association with Spong.com yeah presented by Spong.com so if you go to Spong.com the podcast tab on there we're on there as well um, and read I write reviews for Spong so you can read my reviews up on there as and when they are published so and yeah and you've jettisoned the egg uh, yeah. yeah, we cry the egg. Finally, it's the, the yeah. egg. The egg. Uh, <laughs> although this is when is this out? Uh, a week on Sunday. Excellent. Then uh, I can tell you that the, uh, the egg is actually returning on Monday's show. Oh, nice! So he's Excellent. doing he's doing a little uh, a little appearance over Bless there the from America. Excellent. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks, David. And next time. In issue 223, we assume our final form and get the pro gear out as we analyse Jamestown, Legend of the Lost Colony. <laughs>